Hello Hawks fans and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host Forrest Willoughby. In this episode of the cast, we get into the Hawks' 91-96 loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers on the second night of a back-to-back. We'll talk about the awesome first quarter from the Hawks, how Clint Capella continues to play well, and then what happened down the stretch that allowed the Hawks to lose a game where they were up 15 in the third quarter. Without further ado, let's get into it. What a frustrating game. To start off so well, one thing the Hawks have done early in this season is really show they can get off the hot starts, and they didn't disappoint against Cleveland. They started off 35, getting ahead 35-25 to 25 in the first quarter, and they even extended that lead a little bit into the second quarter, outscoring Cleveland 21-19. to 19. But the two quarters after the second half, or that make up the second half, third and fourth quarters, Hawks didn't break 20 in either of those quarters, scoring 18 points in the third and 17 points in the fourth as Cleveland came back to win this game again on the second night of a back-to-back for the Hawks. For the Hawks, a lot could be attributed to this being a scheduled loss for sure. This was their third game in four nights, something that the NBA has tried to get rid of in normal seasons and had to bring back because there's just so short of amount of time they're trying to get all these games in. And the quick turnaround coming from Brooklyn back home to Atlanta, getting in late and coming and trying to play a team in the Cavaliers who had already been in Atlanta for a day before playing this game. But it just, to have such a good first quarter and get off to such a good good start that way and even carry the lead through the third quarter where they built the lead up to as big as 15 points before ultimately losing it, it was just a really frustrating loss. Um, I thought Coach Pierce had some really good insight at the end of the game, or maybe just he just had some very good quotes where he was talking about the team just didn't have the mojo tonight. The energy just wasn't there. And that's really what it felt like It what happened. Um, the Hawks really were playing well in that first quarter, but they didn't extend the lead. And Lloyd Pierce said that you know the lead not being 20 points at halftime, it really being only 9 or 11 points felt like a win for the Cleveland Cavaliers with as good as the Hawks have been playing. And that's something that has come up even in the game on Wednesday night against the Nets where the Hawks are playing well enough. They have a lead, but they don't seem to be able to extend leads or continue their good play and build up leads where the other team just doesn't have a chance to get back into the game. Some of uh, the stats from this game that I thought really reflected how it went in the box score was just the shooting stats for the Hawks by quarter. In the first quarter, the Hawks took 28 shots. They made 11 of them, um, and they were 5 of 13 from three-point land. But they got to the free-throw line eight times. They were in the bonus pretty early. They got to the free-throw line eight times and made all eight free-throws. Another key stat is they had no turnovers. The Hawks had no turnovers in the first quarter. And early in the season, Cleveland has been a team that has produced the most turnovers. Their opponents typically turn the ball over a ton. Um, And so to go through that first quarter and the Hawks not have any turnovers was huge. The Hawks also finished the first quarter with eight assists. Moving on to the second quarter, the Hawks got 19 shots up, uh, something that would repeat itself for both the third and fourth quarters. But they only made nine of those 19 shots, and they were one of four from three-point line. 
and they were they got to the free throw line nine times, but only made two of those. Now, a couple of those attempts were Clint Capella, who's not a strong free throw shooter. So it's not just, oh, Hawks, make all your free throws and you win the game. But um, in the first two quarters, the Hawks got to the free throw line 17 times, which in the second half, the Hawks would only get to the free throw line a combined two times. So the Hawks went from 28 shot attempts to 19, and then from zero turnovers to turning the ball over eight times, which turned into eight points for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then only got four assists in that second quarter. In the third quarter, the Hawks would only get 19 shots up again. They only made eight of those. Two of seven from three-point line. Again, only one free throw attempt. They didn't make it. Um, I believe that was a technical free throw that uh, Trey missed. And it was a weird game where Andre Drummond started the game for the Cleveland Cavaliers, but he got that technical. And the Cleveland didn't play him a lot after he got that technical. The Hawks, again, did not take care of the ball. They had seven turnovers in the third quarter that led to two points for Cleveland and only had four assists. Finally, in the fourth quarter, the Hawks again only attempted 19 shots. They were 7 out of 19, 37%. They were 3 of 8 for, from three-point line. That include a super deep three-pointer from Bogdan Bogdanovich with less than 20 seconds to go. They had seven turnovers that accounted for seven Cleveland points. So just, you know, after that first quarter where the Hawks were able to get 28 shot attempts up and get eight free throw attempts, the Hawks just really weren't as aggressive going forward. Um, they shot the ball a little bit better percentage wise, but they weren't taking as many shots and they weren't getting to the free throw line nearly as much. Now, Trey has a lot to do with how well the Hawks are doing, getting to the free throw line. And after having such a good start in that category in these first four games, he slowed down the last two. Um, and I don't know if that's adjustments from other teams, uh, kind of figuring out how he was getting fouls in those early games and now being able to adjust or what it is, but Trey's going to have to figure it out. And I thought Trey, in particular, after having a very strong first quarter and a game where he had a double-double with 10 assists and 16 points, really was not effective in the second half. In fact, he looked kind of disinterested in the fourth quarter. He was upset he wasn't getting foul calls. Um, he made a just ridiculous shot off the glass, just a, a really incredible shot, but was trying to get a foul call and... Um, wasn't able to get a foul call there and he just didn't he wasn't even really the guy taking shots at the end of the game when the Hawks had an opportunity to tie this game but I really thought that the shooting and um turnovers reflected just how the Hawks played in this game and to go from such a high of this first quarter to turning the ball over um over 20 times the Hawks had 22 assists but they also had 22 turnovers just really did not set themselves up for success some of the team stats in this game um the hawks if you looked at it just from like a stat comparison with cleveland you'd think they would have won the game the hawks shot 41 percent from the field to cleveland's 42 percent but the hawks were 11 of 32 from three-point land while cleveland only hit seven of their three-pointers seven of 29 the hawks got to the free throw line more times than cleveland they got there 19 times um, but only made 10 of 19 free throws. Again, some of those coming from not very good free throw shooters in Clint Capella, but Trey was uh, noticeably off on his free throws. He missed two, which seems to never happen. 
and the Hawks just didn't look all there. Um, Cleveland was there 17, got 17 free throws, but made 13 of them. Uh, the Hawks out-rebounded Cleveland. They got 48 rebounds to Cleveland's 46, both teams getting 15 offensive rebounds. Hawks did have those 20 turnovers to Cleveland's 15. Cleveland dominated Atlanta in the paint, outscoring the Hawks there 52-42. to And the bench points, the Cleveland outscored Cleveland's bench outscored the Hawks bench 34 to 30. And that's just something that can't happen with this Hawks team. Uh, This was another game where uh, Rondo was out and we got a new diagnosis on Danilo Gallinari, where he has some inflammation in his, the ankle that he uh, turned and they will reevaluate him in two weeks. But this Hawks bench has to outscore and be better than other teams. Second units, Um, especially one such as Cleveland, who, Really, the guy who dominated the Hawks off the bench was JaVale McGee. JaVale had played 25 minutes. He scored 14 points, had nine rebounds. He had four assists. And uh, some of his passes, I mean, were wonderful. But for JaVale McGee to come in and really take take it to the Hawks, I think one thing that Cleveland really focused on and was very clear was they were not letting John Collins get lobs. And they were not letting the Trey Young to John Collins connection really be built. JaVale McGee uh, broke up two alley-oops himself, and it was obvious he was saying, you're not lobbing it. There's not going to be lobs here. He was not going to allow the lobs to happen. And John Collins did not have one of his best games. He missed a dunk near the end of the game that would have brought it, made it a one-point game in the fourth quarter. He played 34 minutes. He was 3 of 10 from the field, only hit 1-3. Um, for 10 points, four rebounds, and five assists. It just wasn't John's best game. He got really frustrated again with the the officials um, in a game that the Hawks really were not happy with the officials all the way through. After the kind of at the end of the se- second quarter, um, going into halftime, Trey got to the basket and Chetty Osman uh, really kind of pushed him in the back, and the, the officials didn't call it. And Trey went right at an official, and John got between Trey and the official to prevent Trey from getting a technical. But the Hawks were unhappy with the way this was officiated, and just um, there was some complaining and just not focusing on just scoring and, and beating Cleveland. And I think you have to get a, give a lot of credit to Cleveland for hanging into this game. They were not in it early. That first quarter, the Hawks just kind of got wherever they wanted. Um, again, for Cleveland to stay engaged in this game, not to let, for them not to let the lead slip to 20, as Coach Pierce said in his um, interviews after the game, I thought was really good. And for them making the adjustment to go to JaVale McGee, the player you have to talk about when you talk about how well the Cavs played was Colin Sexton. The diminutive um, shooting guard for the Cavs Played 36 minutes. He was 10 of 18, only 2 of 5 from three-point land, but he hit a big three after the Hawks had tied it in the fourth quarter. He came down and just drilled a three in Bogdan Bogdanovich's face. Um, He was 5 of 5 from the free-throw line and had 27 points, three rebounds, three assists. A big thing for uh, Colin is he had no turnovers. And a lot of Colin's game, again, he is a smaller uh, two-guard. He is six foot one and I think that's being generous and he had a lot of the game where um, DeAndre Hunter was guarding him but Colin found ways to get into the paint he certainly contributed to Cleveland's 52 points in the paint and get shots up over even Clint Capella 
Um, Colin was just one thing you get with Colin anytime you watch the Cavs play is he never quits. He was part of a game in in college when he was at Alabama where he was one of three players that had to finish a game um, when in some bizarre way Alabama only had three available players at the end of a game and they almost came back and, and beat the team they were playing. But um, Colin Sexton is constant energy and he really lifted the Cleveland Cavaliers in this game. I really do think it comes down to the Hawks not executing though. They just didn't have any juice in the second quarter after being an up and down team after scoring 35 points in that first quarter, the Hawks, you know, only scored 56 points the rest of the way. It was just not a strong offensive showing from the Hawks. I do one bright spot was Clint Capella who continues his good play. Clint played 30 minutes again. He was 8 of 12 from the field, had 16 rebounds, 8 offensive three steals, two blocks. One of his steals was out at the top of the key. He hopped in the passing lane, stole it, ran the length of the court, and dunked it. Clint continues just to grow. He's not always um, in the right place, and part of Colin Sexton's success is he was able to drop some giant killers in over Clint. But Clint is showing what like a very uh, impactful center he can be, and it's just great to see after a couple years of not having any player of that caliber at that position. Uh, for Clint, he did get to the free throw line five times, but was unable to really make Cleveland pay for sending him there. In particular, there was one time when he got all the way kind of behind the defense, and they were able to foul him, and he missed both free throws and what should have been at least two easy free th- two easy points, maybe a three-point play, turned into nothing for the Hawks. So it was just a frustrating game in that sense where the Hawks did play all right, Pop probably played well enough to win, to get, to get a W, but big credit to the Cleveland Cavaliers for coming in, taking control in the second half, really taking advantage of the second unit of the Hawks and getting a win. Um over a Hawks team that didn't play their best basketball. The Hawks don't have a long turnaround. They have today off before playing the Knicks again at home uh, on Monday night. And so I think the Hawks will just move on from this uh, game and really try to focus on the Knicks and, and starting another winning streak. Uh, after those that, that first five-game set where they had four of them on the road and only one game at home, the Hawks now have four games at home with only one on the road. They do have one of the two-game miniseries this week. They play the Hornets, Charlotte Hornets, one time in Charlotte and one time in Atlanta. So that'll be fun to see if it's another split or if they're able to take both games from the Hornets and see what adjustments each team makes after playing each other once. But it should be a fun week of basketball and maybe one where the Hawks can build a little winning streak after all the excitement after beating the Nets. Um, I think it was a big letdown for the Hawks to come home and sort of just not get a win against the Cavs, especially after having such a good first quarter and building the lead up to 15 points in the third quarter. But games like that happen, and you just can't let it turn into a theme of the season or or anything like that. Um, Some players to watch this week. I think Bogdan Bogdanovich is really struggled these last two games after having a wonderful 
uh, game in that first one against the Nets where he had 22 points. He just hasn't found the range again. He wasn't terrible by any means against the Cleveland Cavaliers, but he wasn't great. He was played 23 minutes, was with the Hawks down the stretch again, hit a big three that uh, would have that brought the Hawks within three, uh, within a single possession of Cleveland at the end of the game. But he played 23 minutes, was four of 12, three of nine from three point land, including that deep three for 11 points. He had two rebounds and two assists. I just don't think we've gotten the best of Bogdan Bogdanovich yet. Kevin Herter will have to watch. He rolled his ankle late in the game and came out. And so it'll be interesting to see if he plays on Monday against the Knicks. He was five of 11, five of three, three of five, I should say, from three-point land for 13 points. He did have 10 rebounds and one assist. Um, and early on, Kevin was everywhere. Um, and if we can get confident, Kevin, that'll be really good. Uh, I, I'm not talking about even DeAndre Hunter or Cam Reddish. DeAndre Hunter had a massive dunk over uh, De- uh, Andre Drummond, which was a ton of fun to see. But um None of the guys really had monster games or anything too much to say about their performances. So hopefully the Hawks just let this loss, put it behind them, get some rest, and then take advantage of this you know, set of games where they have four at home and only one on the road. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!